Welcome to True Health Live, your favorite public health podcast. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and audio on your favorite podcast platforms. If you're interested in public health, then this is the space for you. We are live. Greetings, everyone. This, you know what? I said I wasn't going to say it, but I'm just going to say it. This is going to be a short one. We're going to come in here and we're going to talk about fake foods. <laughs> Up in the air about whether it should be called foodie synthesis, you know, like photosynthesis. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, you know, like fake news, fake food, you know? So we should all be informed because what is is True Health Live unless it is about informing people so that they can make the appropriate decisions for their own health, right? So fake food. Yeah. I am Deidre Sully and I'm joined by my co-host... Precious Stephanie, um, also known as Yakira Eden. And so that is what I will probably most likely be referred to here. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> Why I'm messing with a pillow. So we have to say it is nice where we are. And um, so you'll see I have like a little bit of a different back. I'm outside. Why not? Right? Why not? Why not get some air and have like a, a change of scenery? So fake foods. So what prompted it? And I, I was telling you even earlier, I was like, it was all these posts that have been coming across my feed. And I'm sure it's because of you know, the algorithm and whatever it is I was looking at before, um, like fake eggs. And, and apparently these things are not new. They, they've been going on, going on for almost 10 years at this point. But like, you know, all these um, different videos of fake eggs, um, news reports of companies, um, Companies creating food from plastic, so trying to make nutrients from plastic um, and and as a response to, like, food shortages and things like that, which we saw um, an influx of, like, during COVID. Like, you know, people were down um, or sheltered in place, if you will, and they didn't necessarily have the bodies or the manpower to actually process the food and do the work on the farms, and a lot of food went to waste, um, which is unfortunate. So they're thinking about these ways on how they can create nutrient dense edible things. I don't even think it's 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 fair to call it food. So we you know new synthetic or synthesized nutrient dense um, edible products you know that people can get, and some of it is created from plastic. And I was just like, what? <laughs> Are they crazy? Right. <laughs> right. And like, you know, and you know why, like, look at all of the problems that it has caused. Like when they, when you, when they try to stretch things and they put these chemicals in it, and a lot of it, you know, things that are derived from, or things that they use in plastic production, it has caused so many different things in people, especially babies. And I know like, you know, you've uh, done research on that and read about that. So like, you know, share with the good people what you found. About those sure. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, right. I think before I even get into that piece, um, I I wanted, and you've acknowledged that, you know, the, the synthetic food, um, or edible, I don't even want to say edible products, but the food, (laughs) whatever, I don't know what we want to call it, but those products, um, and peace, peace mastermind, I like peace, aquia, visa, um, those products, I want us to reframe even how we're perceiving this, this, this mm-hmm. truth, right? This has been in existence. These products, these items have been in existence since Lucky Charms and Fruity Pebbles in the 80s, 70s, okay? Um, because it started with the dyes, Natural it started with the food dyes, the 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 red forty, and the you know, and all of those dyes that went into those were those those were the early iterations of what has now only evolved as we know things you know tend to do if if unless they are to die, and based on what you just shared, there's clearly a desire um, for those that are producing, mass producing um, edible items that are being pushed as edible. I'm going to try my best to refer to it that way. Swallowable things? Are (laughs) they swallowable? I don't think so. I don't think so. And coming, and I will say also, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't even know. But I want to, I think we're both stressing the fact that, um, she's Fruity Pebbles. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm going to take it back to Fruity Pebbles and Queer Bisa because just so that we realize this isn't new. Like we've been, we've been doing this. We've been eating these things for a long time. And so like, what Okotiafe or or Deidre, the perspective you're coming from is what's happening now, the evolution. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, let's tie it way, way back. Like, let's take it way mm-hmm. back. So the reality is when I when I dug into the and, and I, I'm also gonna include this because when I did my research, I also found you, you put in the word peace, Chibuya. You put in the word um, synthetic, and of course, synthetic marijuana comes up, and the implications and impact of 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 what synthetic marijuana does to the body, to the brain, um, mm-hmm. to the nervous system, yeah. and um, there's that. So I wanted to kind of lay it all out there. And I know we said we're going to we're going to get in and get out really quickly. <laughs> but I, I want <laughs> I know as I as I ran off a whole list of all these things that I would love. But you know what? That just means that we'll have to come back and, and part two. It, mm-hmm. Right. So which I'm always happy to join you into and do, doing. Um, so just to kind of get into a little bit of, you, you know, I tend to get distracted and I'm so easily distracted by the chat, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. What's happening? What they talking about over there? Like what they movie. asking? Um, but I just wanted to kind of take a look at my notes. So what I started looking into is the impact of synthetic dyes, food dyes in particular, Um and, you know, my, my perspective is always, like, not necessarily the brain, but mental health, right? And we know a lot, a lot of the connection has to do with our brain health um, for everything in our body. And what they found in studies with youth is that the um, memory and learning and, and was, was greatly impacted once synthetic food dyes were introduced by way of of course, the diet, right? Because that's mm-hmm. that's where these things are deposited. Um, and it causes actual changes to the neurotransmitters. And and I was so proud because I'm like, oh, I got, I dealt a little bit in um, <laughs> my, my most recent midday affirmative on Anu Life Global Ministries YouTube channel on the, you know, on that, that brain balance. And we spoke a little bit about neurotransmitters and their role in sending messages to the body. And so when I thought about how food dies, and even our children in particular are impacted, it made me wonder, like, how much of the ADHD and inability to be attentive to instruction and direction is actually coming by way of the this synthetic food that is put right before them, that are put right before mm-hmm. my children, you know, and and other children, or much less what's in the on the school menu. Um, and 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 I know as you were speaking, what also came to mind, um, though you didn't touch on it just yet, are the Fake food products, also known as too impossible to actually be believed as real or unbelievable meat. Like, I don't want to give them their actual names, but let's lump that up in there as well. Mm-hmm. So make sure that, you know, it's again, all this platform is always right. It's like it's always to make sure that you're being an informed consumer. Not just of where you seek your medical treatment, but what you what you take into your body, period. So look at the ingredients. Yeah. Start there. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, a big thing of those um too good to be true things that they call me. <laughs> right, right, bread. right, right. <laughs> you know, they they are synthetic, right? And they're, they're literally pulled out of thin air. And so I want to kind of like 
even take it back a little bit more because we're talking about synthetic. What is synthetic food? It's from mm-hmm. substances that are chemically synthesized into, for lack of a better word, edible products or things, something you can swallow and then it goes into your gullet and then it comes out as something else. And then who knows what is being absorbed into your bloodstream, nervous system and all and everything else. And that can range the gamut from like, you know, the fake eggs, and I'm not even talking about the plastic eggs, but like, you know, uh, things that um, make you think that there's something else because they've used this this entire like health movement and, and a lot of folks transitioning to being plant-based or vegan. And that's what they're using to like, you know, really kind of blow up, even though, yes, these things have been around since the 80s, like you said, they're using this to really like kind of push it out there with like, you know, all of this you know, not really meat and made from all these products. Um, and it's a, like number one, sometimes it's just an overabundance of soy, which is the actual natural product. You know, soy, the soy plant is a natural plant unless it's made synthetically. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too much of anything or too little of anything can be bad for you. So like in some cases, it's not even soy. It's like, you know, different compounds of something that's what synthesize is like you know putting things into different compounds to make something else and immediately i thought of like you know like long 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 time ago days in school when we learned about compound words you know you're using two different things to make a whole new word well that's what they're doing with these edible products or consumable i should say you know products and items that are on the market today and so while it's like you know you, you, you may want to move into a place where you're plant-based or vegan, which is great. The best way to do it is to actually be plant-based, actually go to things that are sourced from natural plants um, and not something that was made um, in a lab coat farm, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, as we know with many things, you're not necessarily going to see the side effects right away, they manifest sometimes in our offspring or they manifest like, you know, years down the line at a point where it's like, it's too late, you know? And then all of a sudden, then there's more studies to say, you know, what these, these are, this is what we're finding on people who, you know, ate this or took that, you know? And so then you become, then you become another um, subject of a research study that maybe we didn't need if there wasn't all this like testing on people, you know, um, are all edible plants acceptable food? Not necessarily. Like, I think it, it depends on your, your body and your makeup. Like some people cannot have certain things like, you know, for some people, the stevia plant, it may not be something that they can sense, you know, their body can, um, absorb correctly. Um, so not everything can be for everyone. Right. And then there's also, you know, from a biblical perspective, um, mm-hmm. it should bear seeds or be able to be reproduced organically and naturally, right? right? So right. if right. you can't take a portion of that item and, you know, I know we are, I, I want to hope that those watching and listening um, today and going forward are clear on the implications of fast food. But but I just still had to share this example about um, what, organic food and by organic food in this instance i mean food that is not synthetic right what organic food right. it, it should break down it should you should be able to to um propagate right to kind of cut a piece put it in some water get some roots or, or be able to get some seeds and know that it can reproduce itself um that it can there you go. There you go. Um, recently, I know you were talking about different, you know, different things that we see on social media. Um, I think someone shared a, a particular woman with me who had, I think it was a 20, was it a 20 year old Happy Meal? A 20-year-old happy yeah. meal that she kept in a shoebox. Yeah. And she Yeah. Yes. And she pulls it out and she's like, here's my happy meal from I actually I want to say it might have been older than 20 years. Um oh poison no, sumac no. has seeds. Well, no, po- poison poison sumac is not the poison. 
No, we are not advocating the food that starts with poison. You don't want poison ivy either. Like, right. Nothing's going to swell up the tongue and let's not talk like that. Like, nothing like that. That's not what we're advocating. You know what? But that, but that, that's really taking us to, uh, to, to encouraging us to be even clearer. So thank you, Chief Yuya. Um, you, you need to be informed, right? So getting a book on herbs and especially if you're like forging, I, I've yeah. never done it. I look forward to doing it, but I look forward to doing it with people that are experienced and can say, we don't eat that. We can't eat this. And these are the reasons why. And even mm-hmm. when forging, I want to, I want to say that I have heard it's important to be cognizant of where you're foraging because the soil can be like treated or it may not be the best area to be pulling um i was gonna say weeds food (laughs) food from (laughs) so no no poison sumac and definitely get a get a get a book a book on on herbs and yeah start there or you know go to youtube or, or find someone who's really skilled and and take a class um definitely don't go for the poison sumac with the seeds mm-hmm. um no. but what i was saying about the the um that that happy meal in the i want to say it was petrified but it wasn't even it was actually completely unchanged it, it was, was still yeah. the fries was still in pristine. Could have been picked up from the McDonald's a couple of strongs ago or that day. The burger, mm-hmm. of course, the the lettuce and the the actual organic items were removed, but the patty had no mold. The bread had no mold, which spoke to what those items are actually made of and to think that was 20 years ago. So imagine what they're being made of as far as preservatives and um, synthetic or synthesized ingredients today. Mm-hmm. And and one of, um, what was I going to say about like the, the, how many times like I, and, and it's so funny how we like kind of, we, we, we see these things and we don't necessarily think in no in no on those terms in the moment i can remember getting in and out of cars and there's like you know a loose fry you know before you go back in your car yes. but like a loose fry like on the days when i used to eat fast food i'm not gonna lie in between the crack like a month later like, when you go to vacuum right it's like oh and it, and it looks the same <laughs> we've been seeing unchanged unchanged french fries and you know and 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 whatever else like even like things that 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 are in the home so so we have to start like really looking at labels and really being cognizant of what we're taking into our body and not only that like as more and more synthetic and synthesized foods synthesized nutrient dense synthesized nutrients nutrient products are being pushed it's like being making sure that we are are aware of and understand the new jargon, right? Or artificial food jargon. And a lot of it is like, you know, in the even in the names of these foods, like, you know, unbelievable or like that's not possible. And I'm trying to like skirt around <laughs> the actual word. Or um, you know, um, 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 alternative, um, even natural flavors, which is something that is, you know, old, like since, you know, before I was born, like the natural flavors, the natural flavors phrase hides a lot of things, right? Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. The natural flavors hides a lot, a lot of things. And, and we even discussed this, um, uh, in the first episode when we talked about like the hair products and like the phthalates and things mm-hmm. like that you know, those get um, kind of hidden in naturally natural ingredients um, arena. So when you're reading the labels and you're, you know, if you're you know looking at this podcast and you're thinking like, oh, you know, am I taking in things that are, you know, synthesized nutrients or synthetic foods? You know, if you're reading labels and you see something come across your basket, cart, whatever you call it, and it says natural flavors, you are going to want to call up that company because they're supposed to be able to tell you what, what is exactly in it. 
call them up. And if you have a problem, don't buy the product. If they can't share with you like what's in that product, then it's not something that you probably should be. It's probably something that you shouldn't be ingesting. Right. And, you know, I know when you when you opened this particular topic this evening, you spoke about um, food shortages as a part of the history mm-hmm. and 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 motivation for, you know, synthesized food items items described as food um <laughs> items right <laughs> items yeah, yeah. um big food that's what we call it. big food <laughs> right 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 um but you know what as i as i was as i was kind of digging um for those that do eat meat because we you know we recognize there the, there are still those that are chat or are challenged still by the decision or some that may just, it may not be a challenge. This is just how I choose to eat. Um, And it's also important to be aware of and on the lookout for lab grown meat. That is a thing. Yeah. And so um, lab grown meat also called cultured meat is Mm -hmm. actually, um, a process whereby parts of real meat or animal product are taken into a lab and then they synthesize it in such a way that, that it produces eventually something that resembles the original meat product, but it's not the original meat product. It is completely... It's, it's built on something maybe semi-organic. And again, by organic, I mean something that you can bury in the ground and that it will ev- eventually go back into the earth, right? You can't, you won't dig it up. But at least that, that let's say that farm animal, mm-hmm. to some degree, will become biodegradable. But when mm-hmm. we're talking about this, this, this lab-grown meat or these culture products, I, I I don't know. I don't know if lab-grown meat. Well, I guess cleaner in in perhaps clean perhaps you you it perhaps because it's in a lab and not you know full of pus and steroids and it, perhaps from that perspective. Um, but you don't know what chemicals are being used to to cultivate the meat. It is it is right. Perhaps it might be cleaner, but it is definitely a less organic right. food like product. That would be my, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think so. I think the environment no, that's not good. grown in is <laughs> probably that sterile lab environment, right? That, you know, that they need to make sure that no other contaminants are coming in. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's cleaner for the body because if you're putting chemicals in the body, then it's not cleaner. Right. And if, even if we go, if we, if we discuss it from um, even a biblical point of view, right. You know, the meat, there are specific, you know, specific meats that we are allowed to eat. If you are, you know, going from that point of view um, and, and understanding that not everybody does, but you're given particular or very clear, you know, rules on like what meats you can and cannot eat. You know, those of us who do follow scripture, there's very specific rules about rice and Torah and law. Um, the lab isn't in, it's, it's not part of that. <laughs> so when it comes to like, you know, clean and unclean, it's like if they're synthesizing like different animals, what animals, what, what meats? are you synthesizing? So we can't really say that, you know, it's clean. Um, I'm, I'm going to make sure That's I go in true. order. He said, yes. Um, what, what is the more, right. More sanitized. And then, um, a Jesus says, what is the culture that they are using? You know, it's unknown. Like, you know, um, you, we would have to call like each lab, like each company, like, what are you using? But a lot of like, hey, they're using, pro- can I see? Right. Hey. <laughs> they're using, and, pro- and then the answer is no. Know, from, from <laughs> and then what? I said, and when you call and say, hey, can I see the answer is no. Right. The answer would be no. Um, yeah. 
it's it's really really kind of like questionable dubious i should say a dubious process um master manuela says they have food grade sanitizer they have food grade sanitizer they do have food grade sanitizer which we which um which is you know technically like a chemical which we'll use like to to clean things like um so which is why sometimes I try to use like just apple cider vinegar and water um, and that which is a, a more a cleaner process for me. Um, she says there's chemicals in the air, soil and water. There's chemicals everywhere. You're right. And so like if we even go deeper, the best way is to like find your own plot of land. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Finding like your own plot of land, testing the soil so that you can have stuff that has less chemicals in it. And sometimes, yeah, it absorbs from the air. So there's places where you may not be able to get away from it, but the point is to have as least amount of chemicals um, and contaminants as possible. Um, what's the difference yeah. between a but you know, wait before before you go for it, because I know there there are like a flurry of questions there, right? Right. Um, <laughs> I, I want to also just acknowledge that yes, there are chemicals in the air, uh, in the soil, in the even in the quote organic products, right? And I do mean like um, organically grown product that we do eat, even if you don't eat meat. Um, what I what I think we're what I think we're and even the question is charging us to make the distinction about is how you can mitigate and, and minimize your exposure as best you can. It's kind of like when, if we're talking about skincare products, yes, we need to maintain our skin and, and moisturize our skin, but do you go to organic olive oil or coconut oil or shea butter as opposed to the local product that's on clearance on the shelves of your local drugstore, you know, um, you're minimizing, minimizing the amount of exposure to those chemicals by at least choosing to use something more organic on your body or ingesting something more organic. So yes, even if we yeah. buy a plot of land, that land is going to be right here. And and it's quite realistic to assume that the soil, the even the heck, the air quality will still be the same air. The air we don't right? get different air because we want to be set apart. We, we don't get the same air, but it's like the 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 more set apart, the more intentional we can be about our living, um, and our liberty, the the better off we will be. And and I think you know, that would be how like if if someone goes back into the chat and looks at those questions. Um, that's something that 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 can you know be considered. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We are sharing the same air, and being that we're sharing the same air, it all gets absorbed back into the water, which comes back down to the soil. Um, so yeah, it it really more it it's more about how can you reduce the chemical intake that you're you're taking, whether it is like directly when you're shopping and you know making sure you're looking at labels or even just the products that you use on your body um what this food gray sanitizer peace margie marie art please welcome 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 um she also asked the difference between a farm and a lab this is an interesting question isn't um isn't still an experiment grown for animals grown in contaminant who are fed a particular combination of feet you know what some farms do, and this is where it's important to know, like, you know, what, what, what's the farm if you do, if you are a meat eater, right? Where, you know, how are the animals grown? How are the animals fed? How are they even, um, how are they even prepared to go to market? You know, how are they killed? Like all of that makes a difference. Like, you know, there's a, such a thing as like stressed out meat, like how they, how they butcher um, the animals, the cow, if you're eating cows, like, you know, how they take them in for slaughter. That's the word that I'm looking for, how they're slaughtered, right. you know, um, makes a difference. And and you know what? It can be seen as a lab because this is how um, in in years past, how uh, things like E. coli spread, you know, E. coli is in the brain matter. And so when they would finish slaughtering the cows, for example, you know, any and, and in taking all the choice cuts of meat that go to the grocery store or go wherever they go, whatever's left over, some of it goes into hot dogs, but then there's like the meat and the bone, like, like anything that's not edible, 
<laughs> that that can be marketed off and packaged, it goes into a meat and bone meal. And if there was an infected cow, like that, it gets mixed up into this meat and bone meal, but it was then fed to the animals, which is almost like, you know, not even almost, it's, it, it's cannibalizing them because they're eating, you know, the brain matter and the meat of the, of, of the like them and cows are not carnivores they're herbivores right so like you know and and happens like when it comes to like the feed and so it's like what is what is the animal that you're ingesting what are they ingesting um so that's Mm -hmm. where we can even go that question that everybody gets when they um you know stop eating meat right um get your protein for a reason Right. How are you going to get your protein? You know, and it's like, well, proteins come from amino acids. The proteins don't necessarily have to come from other meats, you know, but that was a ploy, you know, by the, the meat industry, the beef industry to sell more beef. Just like, you know, when it came to, you know, there was a big explosion. Everybody eat kale. So there's all these, you know, nutrition people and fitness people talking about how great kale is. Like, so this is where we have to watch, you know, anything that becomes popular. Well, why is it popular? You know, most likely because the farmers want to sell it. So like, Back to the question, you know, sometimes, yes, it is an experiment. So if you are going to be a meat eater or even if you are plant-based, like it, it makes more sense to even think about like where the food is coming from. Is it locally grown? Okay, then what are they doing on that local farm to, you know, grow the plants or even feed the animals? Like it's, it's all important to find out. Um, food grade sanitizer in the lab to clean the meat off. This is why, so this is why it's good to know, like, um, in some books, herbal books, you know, what are some ways that you can clean your products or clean, even, you know, the, the things that we eat off of the utensils, what are some natural products that we can use to clean? So, like I said, apple cider vinegar and water is a really good way to like soak your vegetables soak your fruit fruit not so much because you don't want you know too much of the acidic <laughs> to, to like seep into the food and then it because then it tastes like something else but like these are really good ways to clean the food um clean you know clean the utensils clean anything that you're eating off of instead of looking for the chemical based cleansers um to clean your natural food um mm-hmm. are really Yes, they are. And and they should, because the show is about like how we can get information so that we can be healthier. Um, Not always just thinking about what's the new legislation out, but like, what are the things that we can do for ourselves? Because the legislation is is also the bare minimums, right? And the legislation is is really designed to, to ensure that there is the image of enough food being available for the people, right? So that they can yeah. continue to be good workers and feed the machine. So so that that is why there is the inception of synthetic foods. Um and I know I know there there were several other questions. Um Yeah. Like trying to scroll so down. food grade sanitizers. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, I'm not even sure which one we're up to. So you answered the food lab. Um, so food grade sanitizer in the lab to clean the meat off. I don't know that that's, that that's what food grade sanitizer is used for, but perhaps it is. I was, I was, I don't think it's to clean the meat. I actually don't know what the process is for, um, for cleaning meat in a factory or if there is much of a process. Um, I would imagine there is, but when I, when I, what I thought Massimilic was referring to by food grade sanitizer is even like, um, the, the sanitizer that's used to clean surfaces is very different. Um, especially, especially, especially like, um, hospital grade sanitizer or sanitizers that kill, like, let's just say, yeah. Um, whatever. Um, let's like there's certain cleanser, and I'm really thinking about the hospital environment. There are certain cleansers or certain sanitizers that have to be worn with gloves that come with, um, you know, a, a list of how they should be handled, and it, it, it's not appropriate yeah. even to touch the skin. So when I read food grade sanitizer, I actually thought of even just what's used as hand sanitizer but maybe i'm completely wrong and i'm not the best to speak on 
sanitizers necessarily. So I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking like food grade sanitizers was used to clean the food. But now that you bring that up and thank you for the question, it does make me think of just even sanitizers. Like, you know, the reason why we have food grades because it's to say like, oh, this is not to be ingested. But even thinking about like, you know, sanitizers in general, like, you know, remember when hand sanitizer, right, first came out and we had to learn it's not good to necessarily use it all the time because it even kills good bacteria. There is such a thing as good bacteria, right? So like when we're using these items or these products that are chemically based, what are we taking away, right? Or what are we stripping that maybe shouldn't be stripped away? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I have an answer to that, but these are things that we should ne- we should definitely be thinking about as we're shopping, right? Right. Planning out. Um, peace, Margie, Marie, Art, um, she says, mm-hmm. well, well, what is we're talking, well, what is we're talking plant? Is not a farm a laboratory for plants and fruits too? Oh, it's a natural, it's a natural lab. We're talking about yes. white coats. Yes, it is a lab. You are exactly right. Yes, it is a lab. But it is um, nature's laboratory, right? So what we're talking about is the the white coat labs in a building that is, you know, thoroughly sterile. It's not from nature. It's, it's not greenery. The only greenery is what has been grown in a test tube under a microscope with beakers and and, and syringes, etc. So yes, like you know, we can look at like the farms as a lab, or you know where plants grow as a lab, but is a natural lab laboratory, right? Because even when we think of like cross germination, sometimes that happens naturally. But if it happens naturally, then it's meant to be. But like we 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 can see like pluots, that's not even a thing. You know, it's like a plum and an apricot, you know, crossbreed. So that's I've never even heard of it. I'm like, oh what did you say? And and I think whatever comes first, it depends on how they germinated it so the plum i guess is the more dominant like i remember like when i was reading like it and it's a thing it's sold in grocery stores pluots and 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 of all grocery stores i won't i won't mention the name but they were recently you know kind of um under fire in the media for a lot of their products coming from another country and they're very known for being whole and organic so i'll just say it like that and i knew it i knew it yeah, and they carry things like pluots. And I'm like, is that a whole? You know, I don't know about that. I don't know about it's that. It's a hybrid. So it's like, you know, right, hybrid fruit. So it's not a problem to, like, go to, you know, some of these stores. But it's because, you know, for some people, like, where else are they going to get their food? Because they may not have the opportunity to farm. So it's so it's really being pushed to be mindful of art, um, agricultural jargon, like the new jargon when it comes to synthetic foods. Um, read the labels, you know, get get books on herbs and know what they are, know what they're from, know what they look like, right? So that when mm-hmm. you're in there and you see a label, you know, like, hey, maybe this isn't mustard greens. <laughs> maybe it's something else. Know what they smell like, right? Um, we, right. we recently read berry picking, strawberry picking. You could smell the the strawberries you did we didn't smell like the chemicals from pesticides you can actually smell the berry you know what it's supposed to smell like so these are some of the things that um we should really be like thinking about when we're buying food what even what do they smell like right so no master metalic says if if i'm up to the right question isn't there also poison in the plant (laughs) since they're around all of these pesticides absolutely so that's what we were um I think I was just stressing with, with the earlier question by Chief, it's really about minimizing as best you can your exposure and, and making sure that we're aware that there that there there are poisons and toxins everywhere. I mean, if you if you turn your faucet on anywhere, you are you are getting poisons and toxins in your water. Right, unless you have a, a home-based filtration system that's a, that's addressing that. But was there something in there with you? <laughs> okay, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm, don't make me laugh. Um, okay, and then <laughs> I don't know if it's organic. He looks kind of 
Um, lab room? You're going to make my tummy hurt. You're going to make my tummy hurt. Don't do it. Okay. So, um, okay. So, Chibia says, are there still diseases in organically fed cows? Absolutely. Like, would they only transmit slightly irritating? Yeah, irritated cow disease, or are they more susceptible to full-blown cow heebie-jeebies? I'm going to say it's full-blown cow heebie-jeebies. You know, so this question actually makes me think of um, organically fed cows, like, like with... Okay, I'm gonna go to the next comment when he says the food grade sanitizer comment was a joke. So like I'm thinking like you know the full blown cow heebie jeebies might be a joke. <laughs> yes, that's why I just say I'm going with food grade heebie jeebies. Like that's what it is. That one I'm, is clearly a joke. Like <laughs> right. I'm like okay. so, but what I'm saying is that what the cows and what the animals are fed is really key. And a big thing is, um, and I know the question was about organically fed cows. And again, thinking about people who may listen to this show, like maybe they're not able to get everything organic because we do know that things that are organic are expensive. And, and a lot of that is because the process to actually get the organic approval or certification is not cheap, you know? And so many people cannot necessarily, many of local or smaller farms can't afford it. So what I will say is like, it's really key to know like how the cows are fed because a lot of times like these cows are fed like antibiotics, right? And so if you're a person that, you know, is not necessarily natural, right? And you're eating meat that is, um, has been like laden with antibiotics because they've been given to the cow. What happens is you then naturally build up a resistance. So when in, in the event that you actually do need antibiotics, it's really sometimes it can be difficult to have the accurate or you know response to antibiotics mm-hmm. because you've been ingesting meat and food that has been like over medicated. So that, that then transfers to you. So again, like these are things that we have to think about. Like you know when we're eating things and if they're transferring to us like that, how are they even transferring to offspring? You know, our offspring, human mm-hmm. offspring, you know, that then create, you know, part of this conversation of, excuse the plane, when we're talking about like the synthetic foods, it even means like how the, the meat is grown. Like there's this new salmon. It's actually not new, but there's a group in, I think in Canada and they're growing salmon. These, these, these salmon have been bred in a lab. Um, and um, part of the fear is that they will get out into the wild and, and breed with the natural salmon. And it's like, so then what do we have there? Like, then what are people going to be eating? So all of these things make a difference. And why do they do this? Because, oh, we, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, similar to like the chicken and the eggs and the clone chicken, you know, it's like, well, we need this because these things are in high demand. Right. And, but they're in high mm-hmm. demand because people think that, you know, they're supposed to eat them because this is healthier and I'm going to get all of this rather than really kind of taking a step back. How can I, you know, eat healthier without, you know, trying to get the same taste or, you know, get, get, you know, I want to be able to mimic what I had before, or I only want, I only eat this. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm not really going to pay attention to it. Right. You know, it's fine if it's, if it's this. And so those things, they actually take a toll on us later. Right. Um, right. That's Oh, and thank you. Yes, she was actually, she was giving me, um, I was, I was drawing a blank on what the, um, what hospital grade sanitizer is used for. So those are some of the, those are some of the infection staff. Yeah, staphylococcus. Yeah, thank you for that. Our resident, our resident nurse. Right. She does about those things. I know, like, once we were having a conversation about the Mercer, and I know that's one of, like, you had mentioned, like, that's, like, a thing of, and I'm like, yeah, that's one of my biggest fears is, like, kind because I know, and one is enough, like, to know people who have contracted MRSA, because it's flesh-eating um, in hospitals. Is there anything that they can use um, to prevent to prevent that? You know, like, what do they use? And I'm thinking, like, well, what is the chemical that they use to prevent that? You know, what is it that you have to use to kill off? Well, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole, I mean, I'll just say without, without even getting into it, um, there are national patient safety goals. Well, the Joint Commission, which accredits all uh, hospitals and this in the United States and other countries, um, 
they pretty much use Medicaid, CMS Center for Medicaid Standards to determine um, how a hospital how a hospital is to conduct itself or govern itself. And Mercer is actually a part of what are a higher level of priority goals for every hospital or managing Mercer. Um, and those are called national patient safety goals. And they're that, like, that's like the quickest and dirtiest version of explaining. There are serious protocols in place to ensure that, um, that people don't have, that people don't contract MRSA and that you shouldn't be overexposed to antibiotics so that you have a, a, a less likelihood of being, your body becoming resistant to antibiotics, which is what makes you susceptible to some degree to MRSA. Um, but I know we promised to like keep it short <laughs> and, and it's always so good and spicy. So we had a lot of good questions. So I'm going to let you go through the balance and, and let's see where we get. <laughs> These questions. Um, uh, staphylococcus sounds like something from Sesame Street, like snuffleupagus. <laughs> Like staff infection, staff, and um, it is nothing like that. Okay, <laughs> um, I remember like being an RA in undergrad, and one of my girls had a staph infection. I remember us all being like, "Ugh, cootie!" <laughs> it's like you know, nobody wants a staph infection. So yeah, it's nothing that is Sesame Streetish at all, at all. Um, meat and processing plants is sprayed down with acid. For some meat products, like beef jerky, is soaked in ammonia. Right. Would you just drink a cup of ammonia? But this is no. where being informed is so important, you know? Who knew no. that? How many have eaten beef jerky? Who was the WWE wrestler? WWF. I'm going to say WWF because that's what it was at my time. I think they lost the lawsuit. They had yeah. to rechange it. But who was the guy? Like, there was the whole wrestler who was like, jerky. I forget his oh, name, which oh wrestler it was. He wore red and black. Yes, yes. And he had like long hair. Because he was the, he was the, he was, he got indoor. He was the, he got, that was his endorsement deal. Like, with the beef jerky. Right. It wasn't Rowdy Rand, Randy. Never mind. Let me not. Never mind. That's not his I name. Don't know. Someone will put it in the chat. I know someone yes. whose memory is long. <laughs> I know somebody will put it in the chat. Um, yes, and they also would, you know how like how some of the meat, would, it would be red and you'd think, oh, it's blood. Like, yes, some of it is blood, but some of it is actually like a red dye that they would spray it to make it look Red dye 40. To make it look more fresh. But I, that's actually old news at this point but if you didn't know now you know um not even such a natural lab plants don't grow perfect no they don't they grow perfectly in straight rows and chickens mm -hmm. do not inhabit the same as bulls and horses in nature absolutely so this is why like so at least in our community in our newest like i was gonna say you keep what you kill but that's game of thrones no it's not that's something else. um you it's it, you 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 get you don't hunt, you know, right. You can eat what you, you kill eat yourself. what you kill. <laughs> right, you eat what you kill. So if it's not something that I hunted down, you know, for, for survival, that is part of, you know, foods that I, meat foods that I can eat, then it's not going to be ingested into this body. Point blank, period. Um, Don't worry, Esther. I'm not even going to read that. <laughs> a lot of foods don't have much of a smell. This is true. I'm, I'm going to channel a coaching marine. True, a lot. And Chief U.S. says a sense of smell is super primitive. We don't smell much. Imagine our sense of smell compared to a mouse or a dog. They will bypass food that doesn't smell right. It all has a smell. This is very true. This is very true. And if the food doesn't have much of a smell, then that tells you that you should not be eating it. And, and, and the smell might just be chemicals. And so it's like, how acclimated have we become to some of these, these things that we can't even smell them anymore, right? Mm -hmm. um, very Jim Ross. There it is. <laughs> yes, I saw it. I was Jim like, Jim Ross. There it I knew is. it. There okay. It. And it was WWE. I was like, okay, right. It changed to F. And I'm like, I got confused when when the change happened. Uh, right. I'm like, I don't know. I remember stepping to a Slim Jim. That was it. That was it. It was stepping to a Slim Jim. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Step into a slim dip. Yes, yes, yes. And it was Jim Ross. Jim Ross. Right, right. Right, right. Okay. There's beauty and growing old. Um, it was it was it Jim Ross. Well, that's that for beef jerky. Yeah, yeah. I hope you stop it. <laughs> So that is our show on synthetic foods. Um, let me just go over again. It's create synthetic foods created from substances that are chemically synthesized into something that is edible. Does it mean you should be eating it? Absolutely not. So when it comes to you know, um, and this is and this is where I'll say this. This is why um, when people ask me like, oh, are you vegan? I say no, I'm plant based. And the reason is because like a lot of this, you know, vegan movement has been, as my sister would say, like bandwagoneering where people just jumping on like, yeah, I'm vegan and da, 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 da. And some of it, it is, it does come from people not wanting to harm animals, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, but then it doesn't mean I'm going to go to something that gives me the, the reminiscing of eating an animal by eat, by taking in something that is synthetic. If yeah. you... There are diff- so many different foods that have great flavors that you can try. And again, being plant-based or even being vegan or vegetarian, pescatarian, you have to do what's good for your body and eat whatever your body needs. But if that is the case, make sure that you are being you are informed on what that thing is that you're buying, you know, where that meat is coming from, what farm it came from, what the cows are being fed, what those chickens are being fed, you know, what's, you know, um, you know, were pesticides used in the growing of the fruit or the plants? Like these are all important things to know. Um, and, and also the artificial food jargon that has, you know, sweeping the day, sweeping the market nowadays, like know what they are. Get a book on herbs. Know what those plants look like. So I'll be able to, as always, we'll put some resources in the description box as well as the um, the blog post that comes out in accompaniment with this uh, podcast. And thank you, Aquia Bisa. She said she can fill us in on the next True Health Live show. Yes, that sounds good. We'll have you on the show so you can give us from the clinician's point of view. That's right. Um, and we'll go from there. So thank you all for joining us. This was a great show. And we will see you in two weeks, every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining us here at True Health Live. Remember to like, save, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment and send an email if there's a topic if you want to discuss. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also listen on DeidreSully.com. If there's a topic you'd like to discuss or hear, you can send an email to truehealthlive at gmail.com. See you next time.